People tend to wear a mask that shows them off in the best possible light. Humble, confident, diligent. They say the right things, smile, and seem interested in our ideas. They learn to conceal their insecurities and envy. If we take this appearance for reality, we never really know their true feelings. And on occasion, we are blindsided by their sudden resistance, hostility, and manipulative actions. <laughs> Robert Greene, welcome to Flourish, where we explore how to nurture, coach, and inspire ourselves so that we can encourage the next generation for success and let their genius thrive. I'm your host, Diane Planadin, and today we are talking about our journey of self-awareness and self-improvement with a growth mindset. We also need to work on trusting our intuition, our spider senses, our natural instincts. And we do this by becoming keen observers. The law of role-playing in Robert Greene's book, The Law of Human Nature, is the next chapter if you're following along in the book or if you have already read the book and you just kind of need a little refresher because it is a big, wonderful read that mm, is very inspiring, but I don't know if everybody has time <laughs> to read such an in-depth book. So uh, this chapter reminded me of a quote from Shakespeare. All the world's stage and all the men and women merely players. Mm, when you stop and think about that, you know it's true. You know it's true. Green begins this chapter in reference to a well-known psychologist, Milton Erickson. And if you haven't heard of Milton Erickson, his journey on self-awareness and self-discovery and the awareness of other people and their motives and their hidden agendas is really quite fascinating. At a young age of 17, Milton got polio. Oh, he was bedridden, paralyzed, told he will never walk again, and he lost literally every movement with the exception of his eyes. I have my own hypotheses behind that <laughs> because the eyes are an extension of our brain. So if there's any neuroscientists out there uh, listening, I would love to know if, if my theory is correct. Anyways, during this time, Milton Erickson became a keen observer of others. He would notice his sisters talking and little nuances when they'd say, no, 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 no. Different, different ways of looking and acting and different tone of voice and what those no's actually really meant. But what was super exciting about his journey, believe it or not, is when he was thinking about mm, being able to walk again, being able to play outside again. His body gave him a little twitch. Now think about the age he was at and how intuitive he was, how in tune he was with his body. He tried out his little experiment on himself and learned to have his mind tell his body what to do. He learned this. He learned on his own how our mind controls our bodies. 
he was able to just draw upon that willpower and imagination and actually alter his destiny. Because what was the alternative? We do everything twice. First we think it, and then it goes into action. If you tell your body you need to do something, it does it. The subconscious is amazing. It's quite fascinating. And remember, remember this though. Your brain is not a wishing well. It's not. Visualization is not about manifesting abundance without doing any work. It's not possible. If it was possible, you could win the lottery <laughs> every time because you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to win, right? So that's, that's a very simple example, but just a little side note there to keep that in mind. So why is this important? Why is it important that we understand observation, that we understand mind over matter? Well, we learn at a very young age to be keen observers. And in order to get what we want, to physically respond. I think when you're a baby, you intuitively know that when you need something, you need to cry out. And then think about when you're out at an event and you dress up and you're a wedding or job interview or something. You're putting on a costume and you're showing the world what they want to see and how you feel and how amazing it feels. You know, you feel like a different person. And then all of a sudden you look around at other people differently. What are they wearing? That's, a, that's, a, that's an observation that you're making in the big picture and it also helps you know what the other person is thinking and feeling. You can see it in their face. You can see it. And people are like the moon. They show you only one of their sides. That's a quote from Arthur Schopenhauer, and it is basically a really good way of thinking, uh, so we're not always communicating through words. 90% of the time, I don't think people actually listen to the words. They're always looking at the actions. So think about this, because last week when I spoke of the law of narcissism and how there is a healthy way to control the temperature of your own self-image, now that you've mastered your emotions from chapter one and you're aware of the image you're portraying, to those you influence, uh, the next step is indeed to become an excellent observer on how others and yourself communicate. It will heighten your senses, it'll heighten your intuition, and then you will have a renewed confidence. You gotta, you gotta play around with this, but it's worth the experimentation. <laughs> Green says, as you gain greater vocabulary in the language, you will be able to correlate a gesture with a possible emotion. As your sensitivity increases, you'll be, begin to notice more and more of what you have been missing. And equally important, you will discover a new and deeper way of relating to people and how it increases your social powers. You can do this by becoming a little bit of an investigator or decoder of the clues. Simple of example of this is to when you know somebody really doesn't like you, say you have some friends in common and so you're at, a, at an event or, well, 
events are, are difficult right now, but say there's a small gathering, you're both wearing a mask. You're putting on a brave face so those around you do not, you know, see the tension. But if you look at the other person and you observe them looking at you, observe the look, observe that emotion. That's just a tiny way of practicing. And then you can work on it on other people. Because both of you know you don't get along. So both of you are wearing a mask. So you both can be keen observers and observe also yourself. How you're feeling, how you're breathing, how you're looking, how you're standing. Those are all the clues in observations. And another idea is to be aware of people and their level of confidence. As you become a keen observer, you'll be able to identify who is truly confident, truly genuine, and giving you an honest smile versus a forced one. It's all in our faces. And <laughs> it's amazing. It's in our body language. But the one clue you should look out for, and I have become a keen observer of this, when you think a person is just being a little too loud, a little too abrasive, a little too rude, to be honest, they are hiding the truth and masking their insecurity. And the reason I say this is because too many times we think, oh, that person's really mad at me. Oh, it's me, 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 and it's not you, you, you. It is them. They are upset about something else. It's not about you. So they've put on this mask to try and, you know, dump their baggage in your backyard. Don't take it on. They're the ones wearing the mask of insecurity. Think again of Hamlet. Shakespeare. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. And that's not only for women. <laughs> it indicates that someone is protesting or denying something so fervently because the opposite is actually true. There are indicators to watch for that shows you the difference between a person having confidence and showing their conviction and passion in a positive manner versus mm, being domineering, showing their temper and aggression as in the Napoleon complex. How do you start to be aware of the different types of people in your life and how they are acting? Make a decision to pick and choose what is most important. What I mean by that is if somebody is saying something with conviction and it's actually, you know, a glimmer of a lie, if it's not going to change your life, let it go. Just, just let it go. Do not take that on. Go with the flow. Save your energy for when you really, really need it and the stakes are much higher. When bullies don't have somebody feeding their fire, the fire eventually gets washed away. I did an entire episode on this uh, subject called The Trouble with Bullies, and I'll link it in the show notes as well. Pay attention to what people are doing in their little nuances and glimmer of truth. Parents have spider senses this way with their children because they're around them a lot. 
and they know when their child is acting out, it's something else. They're trying to say it, but they're afraid to say it. Practice on your children. Pull them out. Teachers, you can do this too. You know when a student is struggling. Sometimes you know why. Take that action. Take that positive action and help them. Help them. Pay attention to what people are doing and their little nuances. Then you yourself can put on a little bit of an act. Green says you can transform yourself into a superior actor on the stage of life and enjoy your moment in the limelight. So Green gives some good tips I'm going to go over, and he calls it the art of impression management. I love that. First, master nonverbal clues. Is the smile genuine? Hmm, what is the body language? Do you see a sparkle with a welcoming stance? Try mirroring the other person's body language and see how it feels so you can try and see how they're feeling. Be a method actor, but not a drama queen. <laughs> stay in control, stay in the moment, and think about what you're feeling or what you should be feeling in the moment. Adapt to your audience. Remember, you need to be flexible because you're emitting an image of yourself. You cannot control somebody else's perceptions, but you can control what you're doing and you can control what you're seeing. See yourself how you think others perceive you and maybe just make some little tweaks. <laughs> it's important for your confidence. You define yourself. And what I mean about being flexible is that when you're in a group setting, nonverbal clues, wherever you are, wherever you are in a group setting, should match the environment you're in. I have an excellent example of this from my own life. <laughs> I was doing a seminar uh, to a company that had a lot of workers in a factory and they, well, it was about a three hour drive normally. It was a beautiful day and we're like, yeah, let's take the Harley out for a spin. It'll be fun. And it took us a little bit longer to get there than I thought it would. So, of course, I'm on Harley, so I'm wearing a leather jacket and jeans and chaps and everything, the whole nine yards. <laughs> and I'm running into the building with my suit jacket over my shoulder and my presentation, you know, slides in the... <laughs> on my other hand and I'm running and I'm not I don't even know what I'm doing and I'm like oh my gosh I have to find a bathroom I have to go change and I ran into 200 people staring at me <laughs> in bewilderment I mean they're like what you're the presentation uh, what's going on here without missing a beat I don't know where this energy came from but without missing a beat I said I'm so sorry I'm late we drove up here on the Harley. I have my suit here. I can put it on or I can just start the presentation now. You decide. And the entire group just got up and started clapping. It's like, Harley, Harley. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. And you know what? That was, that was such a great experience because I realized from that experience that 
the crowd, the group, the workers could relate to me a little bit better because I wasn't in my, you know, fancy suit and acting all stuffy, which I, I, I wouldn't have anyways, but you know, when you're wearing a costume, that being the suit, that being something those people didn't really relate to, their perception's a little bit different. So I, I just, oh my gosh, so important, so important to adapt to your audience, whether big or small, <laughs> and create the proper first impression. Another tip is to use dramatic effects by maintaining an air of mystery. I really like this one because in this social media world, sometimes that's hard to do. Use that time to yourself to practice observations. Put down that cell phone. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just have a little air of mystery. Because your silence is also communicating to people. And it's not that you're ignoring them. Now they're wondering what you're doing. Next, project saintly qualities. Hmm. Green says, you embody what is considered good and above reproach. In the modern world, this means showing yourself as progressive, supremely tolerant, and open-minded. Projecting sincerity and honesty will always play well. You want to seem like you are destined for success. A mystical effect that always works. Yeah, wow, that is fascinating. We have such a vivid imagination. So when you embrace the law of role-playing and being able to see through people's masks, you're then more aware of others and you're more aware of yourself and you become more confident in your acting abilities. They become very, very strong. I love the idea of mastering non-verbal clues and adding an air of mystery. Yeah, I like that. Green says, having a persona, playing a role well, actually protects us from people looking too closely at us <laughs> with all the insecurities that would turn up. Nice. In fact, the better you play your role, the more power you will accrue. And with power, you will have the freedom to express more of your own character. You must master this language by transforming into a superior reader of people. Then, with this knowledge, you can take proper measures. Appearances, first impressions, that's never going to go away. People will judge you. There's no getting away from that. So put your best foot forward. Play your role. Play your role to maximum effect. Thank you for spending your precious time with me today. I really appreciate it. As we continue our journey to understand the laws of human nature, and as we continue our journey of self-improvement and self-awareness, so we can help others so we can help our children, so we can help our families, so we can be a positive, a positive reflection on those we influence. Absolutely. 
So if you like the show, please share it with someone you know. And remember to subscribe. You don't want to miss the next chapter. Live an inspired life. And remember, people tend to wear the mask that shows them in the best possible light.